0: traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind. It is the middle ground between light and shadow. Between science and superstition. And it lies between the pit of one's fears and the summit of one's knowledge. You are now traveling through a dimension of imagination. You just crossed over into the twilight zone.
1: Eye of the Beholder, probably one of the best-known episodes of The Twilight Zone, starts with a woman. Her head is wrapped in bandages, and she's hospitalized, and as she awaits the outcome of a state-mandated surgical procedure, she worries to make herself or her face look normal like everyone else. There are so many things that I loved about this particular uh, episode of The Twilight Zone. Um, It touched on many, uh, many topics, many items that come to mind when we think about modern society. And not to dive too deep into uh, what is actually going on within this episode, I'd like to say that it is really and very, very reflective of what's going on in modern society.
2: Yes. And clouds. Were there clouds in the sky? I suppose there were. I never was much for staring up at the sky. No. I used to like to look at the clouds a lot. If you stare at them long enough, they become things, you know what I mean? People, ships, anything you want, really. It's time to take your temperature now. Oh, please, one more thing, nurse. Well? When will they take the bandages off? How long, nurse? Until they decide whether or not they can fix your face. Oh, I guess it's pretty bad, isn't it? I've seen worse. Well, yes, but it's pretty bad, isn't it? Oh, I know it's pretty bad. Hmm? Ever since I can remember. Ever since I was a little girl, people have turned away when they looked at me. Funny. Funny. The very first thing I can remember is another little child screaming when she looked at me. <laughs> I, I never really wanted to be beautiful, you know? I mean, I, I never wanted to look like a painting. I never even wanted to be loved, really. I just, I just wanted people not to scream when they looked at me. When, nurse? When, when, when will I take the bandages off? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. waiting so long now, it doesn't really make much difference whether it's two weeks or days now, does it? Dr. Bernardi, evening report on patient 307. No temperature change. Resting comfortably.
3: Thank you, nurse. I'll be down later.
2: Ever see your face, 307? Indeed, I have. If it were mine, I'd bury myself in a grave someplace. Poor thing. Some people want to live no matter what. Cigarette. Cigarette.
0: Suspended in time and space for a moment your introduction to Miss Janet Tyler who lives in a very private world of darkness a universe whose dimensions are the size thickness length of the swath of bandages that cover her face in a moment we'll go back into this room and also in a moment we'll look under those bandages keeping in mind of course that we're not to be surprised by what we see because this isn't just a hospital and this patient 307 is not just a woman This happens to be the Twilight Zone. And Miss Janet Tyler, with you, is about to enter it. Twilight Zone was brought to you tonight by Kleenex Tissues. The only tissue that gives you so much.
3: The soft, strong tissue with the Kleenex touch. The Twilight Zone is brought to you tonight by the perfect coffee on the modern scene. New Aroma Roast Sanka Coffee.
1: Nick of Time. I think it's one of the episodes that sometimes it gets overlooked, but it's very symbolic. And there are a lot of things that come from this particular episode that are heavily uh, within pop culture, especially with the Twilight Zone. So what this episode is all about is a pair of newlyweds um, uh stopping in a small town and they're trapped by their own superstition when playing a fortune telling uh machine in a local diner. I love this because it's just it's simple and it, it almost has a double meaning as to uh what uh is exactly is going on here. And it's, of course, it's a um, morality tale.
0: How long is this going to take? Well, like I told you, nobody stocks fuel pumps around town. I'll have to send in to Dayton for it. How long will that take? Oh, three, four hours. Better figure on four until I thing.
4: Four out.
0: Lazy. Let's get some lunch.
2: Lunch? We can homestead. June, prune, honeymoon. Quiet. Quiet. Don't think I should phone the office again, huh? You are going to lose that promotion if you keep pestering me, lover.
3: I'm going to lose it anyway.
2: Ah, oh, that's a fine way to talk. And I thought I married a man with confidence. And who is the best man for the job?
0: Me, but but, but Thompson has seniority. Oh, doesn't mean a thing.
2: Little
0: Miss sunshine. That's me.
3: Bread and butter. Yes, Just trying to save your life.
0: So Shall we sit here? Well, what have we got here? A mystic seer.
4: The what? Well, let's try it, shall we?
0: Have you got a penny? Huh? So. what are we ask
4: it?
0: I don't know. Here. I got it. What? Does anything exciting ever happen around here? It is quite possible the hand belongs to mr don s carter male member of a honeymoon team en route across the ohio countryside to new york city in one moment they will be subjected to a gift most humans never receive in a lifetime for one penny they'll be able to look into the future the time is now the place is a little diner in ridgeview ohio and what this young couple doesn't realize is that this town happened
1: to lie on the outskirts of the Twilight Zone. Long Distance Call, one of the creepier episodes from the Twilight Zone, and it's it's quite disturbing, ex- especially some of the content, and even for its time, um, a television show of the 60s, uh, late 50s, 60s, it really uh, dived deeply into some... Uh, Really disturbing material, and what this episode is all about it's about a, uh, a toy telephone, which becomes the link between a young boy and his dead grandmother and we see the building up of that uh, entire relationship um, or see a part of that relationship which was already um, uh, appointed uh, pointed to. Uh, at the very beginning of the episode.
2: Shut
4: your eyes. Hey, mother. Don't open them though, I tell you to. Happy birthday, Billy. Open them! Happy, Happy birthday! Happy birthday. Hey, Billy! Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. <sighs> no, 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 wait, Billy. Wait, my boy. First you have to blow out the candles. Well, it's no good. Now, you take a deep breath, like and then blow them out. All of them. Now. Yeah. <laughs> You make a wish? What was it? You tell Grandma, yeah? Don't you think we could all hear the wish, Billy? No. That's a secret between him and me. Isn't that so? (laughs) Now, hmm.
3: Oh, Mother, why don't you let Sil
4: cut the cake? Huh? You think I'm too old to cut the cake, huh? (laughs) When I'm that old, you get the shovel, and dig the hole. Oh, Shova! <laughs> yes, my angel. Oh, oh Billy. Oh, oh, darling. Oh, my angel. <laughs> I'm so happy. My heart is full. I I like to say something. Could I say something? Sure. <laughs> my little Billy my wonderful little boy he gave me life again an old woman good for nothing no more but to complain he held out his hands to me and made me alive why are you crying grandma I don't know my angel maybe because I won't be here with you for very long
2: why
0: i will be away
4: where
0: nowhere billy grandma's going to be right here next year and the year after that
4: no don't lie to him i will be gone it's time for presents come on billy Grandma i wish is anything wrong no it's just a little short of breath
1: Bang! Bang!
4: Like huh? hey, this is the one I want you to open next. When do you see it? This is this is the one you asked for, oh, remember? Oh yeah. Billy, don't you want to see what grandma got you? Oh boy! here
2: hear don't be sick grandma don't be sick this is me billy
4: please don't be sick
0: as must be obvious this is a house hovered over by mr. death an omnipresent player to the third and final act of every life and it's been said and probably rightfully so that what follows this life is one of the unfathomable mysteries. An area of darkness which we the living reserve for the dead. Or so it is said. For in a moment, a child will try to cross that bridge which separates light and shadow. And of course, he must take the only known route, that indistinct highway, to the region we call the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Brought to you by Pell-Mell Famous Cigarettes. Over, under, around, and through, Pell-Mell Travel's Pleasure to you.
1: Will the Real Martian please stand up? For me, this is in the top five uh, most iconic episodes of The Twilight Zone. And what this episode is all about is about a frantic uh, phone call about a, a crashed spaceship. Now two policemen try to determine which um, bus passenger at a Snowden roadside diner is not the human, but perhaps an alien. And I love this episode because it builds up the suspense. It keeps you on your toes until the very end, which of course has a huge twist ending.
3: Something hit that pond. Whatever it is, it'll be under the ice till next spring. A meteor or something, probably. I better check in. That woman on the phone said something about calling out the National Guard. This is 1183A. 1183A. Reporting and checkout. Go ahead. Checking out a report on an unidentified flying object. Supposed to have landed in the area of Hook's Landing. There's something cut off the tops of some trees, came down in the ice of Tracy's pond, and we can't see it now. Bill? Yeah, hold on a second. Yeah? There are footprints up here. They come up from the pond, and... Looks like they got out of whatever landed. There appears to be some evidence that... Look, we will call you back. What's it all about? We don't know yet. How's that? We'll, uh, we'll call you back in a little bit. All right, Padgett, but there's some talk of the bridge going out up there. When
0: you can, you better take a look and make sure she's posted and blocked off. Enough ice jammed against it to cool the Congo.
3: Roger that. No question about it. Something left that pond and went over to the diner. Looks like a bus in front of that diner. You don't suppose it came out of that pond, do you? Very funny. Sorry. Let's leave the car and follow these tracks. I want to be sure they lead
0: to the diner. Wintry February night, the present. Order of events, a phone call from a frightened woman, notating the arrival of an unidentified flying object. Then the checkout you've just witnessed with two state troopers verifying the event but with nothing more enlightening to add beyond evidence of some tracks leading across the highway to a diner. You've heard of trying to find a needle in a haystack? Well, stay with us now, and you'll be part of an investigating team whose mission is not to find that proverbial needle. No, their task is even harder. They've got to find a Martian in a diner. And in just a moment, you'll search with them because you've just landed in the Twilight Zone. The
3: Twilight Zone is brought to you by the new Polaroid 10-second automatic camera. Only three buttons to push. One, two, three, and in just 10 seconds,
1: a finished picture. The Shelter. It's a very uh, prolific episode that really stands the test of of time. And there are so many things that can be taken from this episode And I just love uh, Rod Serling's opening narration on this particular uh, episode. And what this episode is all about is about basically um, as a neighborhood scrambles to prepare for an impending nuclear attack, everyone starts to turn against the one family that installed a bomb shelter. And unfortunately, um, as we seen at the very beginning, there's a uh, party for the main character, and everyone seems to be all loving and happy. But how quickly things uh, change when this um, possible nuclear attack is on the horizon? How everyone turns against uh, each other, and things change. And as it said, it's definitely a morality uh, tale.
3: Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Not, not for a while. What is this? What is this? Now, no birthday celebration is complete without an after-dinner speech. Oh, no, Jerry. Jerry. And so, let's get to the business at hand, the honoring of Dr. William Stockton. Now, Jerry Harlow, oh, who yeah, oh, today is one year older admits to being over 21. (laughs) And who, in the short space of 20 years, has taken care of not only us, our children, but even our grandchildren. Whose grandchildren? (laughs) As a matter of fact, I doubt if there's a single person in this room who still does not owe the good doctor for a visit or two. What about the hammering at all hours of the night? That's another thing we owe him for. Ah, yes. The good doctor's bomb shelter. Well, I'm afraid we'll have to forgive him for all that. Despite the fact that what the doctor thinks of is farsightedness on his part, has been a real pain in the neck to the rest of us. What with all the, the uh, concrete trucks and the, the nocturnal hammering and, and all the rest of it. <clears throat> That's better. Well, at any rate, when grace... Grace mentioned that it. it was the good doctor's birthday. We, we all decided to take a hand in the proceedings. Yeah, I had an idea something was going no. on. I know. Oh, yes, I did. Oh.
2: And, Doc?
3: As a little personal aside, I'd like to conclude this way. That'll probably be the best part of the speech. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, you're a very beloved fellow, and rightly so. And you may not have the biggest practice in medical history. That's true. But I can assure you there isn't a single sawbones in the entire 50 states whose patients have such a regard, such affection, such respect, for their man with a little black bag, as we do for us? Well done. You dirty dog. First a surprise party, which I abhor, and then that sloppy, sentimental speech. You ought to be ashamed of yourself.
2: Copy in the other room, huh? Oh,
3: oh, what? Oh, yes, Paulie, what is
2: it? The picture went on on the TV, there some kind of oh, hold, something it hold it, everybody, hold it. Shh. What did you say, Paul? Well, the announcer said something about, turn to the Conrad station on the radio. Are you sure that that's what you heard, Paulie? I didn't hear wrong, Pop. That's what he said. He said, turn to the Conrad station, and then everything went completely blank.
0: 4 minutes ago, the President of the United States made the following announcement, I quote, at 11.04 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, both our distant early warning line and ballistics early warning line reported radar evidence of unidentified flying objects flying due southeast. As of this moment, we have been unable to determine the nature of these objects, but for the time being, in the interest of national safety, we are declaring a state of yellow alert civil defense authorities request that if you have a shelter already prepared, go there at once. If you do not have a shelter, use your time to move supplies of food, water, medicine, and other supplies to a central place. (gasps) Keep all windows and doors closed. We repeat, if you're in your home, go to your prepared shelters or to your basement. (laughs) What you're about to watch is a nightmare. It is not meant to be prophetic. It need not happen. It's the fervent and urgent prayer of all men of goodwill that it never shall happen. But in this place, in this moment, it does happen. This is the Twilight
1: Zone. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, second part to a four-part series of uh, episodes on what if you could only have 20 episodes to watch of the twilight zone forever and we will have part three uh, tomorrow and i'll see you guys then